Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. With our second scripture lesson, we continue a summer sermon series from the book of Acts. We're now uh, at the end of the series. We are near the end of the book of Acts. And here, uh, Paul remembers back to the beginning, his conversion experience on the road to Damascus. He is arrested and on his way to stand trial in Rome. And Paul meets a Roman official named Agrippa to plead for help, we might think, but no, he meets with Agrippa to tell his conversion story. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord from the New Testament book of Acts, chapter 26, verses 12 to 18. With this in mind, I was traveling to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests when at midday along the road, Your Excellency, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and my companions. When we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It hurts you to kick against the goats. I asked, Who are you, Lord? The Lord answered, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you to serve and testify to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you. I will rescue you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Week before last, we were on a, a family adventure. I say adventure, which is different from vacation and almost the same thing as disaster. Uh, if I've told you about it before, let me tell you about it again. The Evans family flew into Pittsburgh, rented bikes, and started down a 150-mile trail built on an old railroad bed. 150 miles is a daunting goal, made worse by our daughter Cece's tire going flat four different times when we were on our last spare inner tube. I, I called for help. Directed to a bike mechanic in the town we stopped in for lunch, Confluence, Pennsylvania. I felt relief until I saw that the bike shop there was closed. There was a note on the door with a number to call in case of emergency. Encouraged to call the number, I spoke with a man named Ed. Ed doesn't own the bike shop, but he's friends with the owner. He was too far away from me to help in person, yet wanting to be of assistance. He talked with me on the phone for about half an hour trying to troubleshoot the problem of a recurring flat tire with me. Have you checked the tire for a nail or a tack? I told him that I had. Have you checked the wheel for spokes sticking through the rim? I told him that I had. Have you checked the rim for deviations that might be poking the inner tube? Yes, I've done that too, I said. And your best bet is to go to the next 
bike shop about 20 miles down the trail. I know the owner there. He lives next door to his shop. So even if the shop is closed, he'll, he'll come out for help. His name is Lynn. He, he took a job at the highway patrol recently. On and on, Ed told me when I thought he was about to tell me Lynn's favorite color in the last book that he read, I started thinking that's if we can make it 20 more miles down the trail without getting another flat. Maybe sensing my anxiety. He signed off with this. Remember that in between the plan and disaster lies the adventure. <laughs> now at that time I didn't fully appreciate the sentiment. Uh, I was thinking, my daughter is tired. She keeps getting flat tires. We've got to get on down the trail, and, and yet this guy is quoting Henry David Thoreau or somebody to me. However, imagine if the Apostle Paul were unable to embrace the adventure. At that time, I didn't fully uh, uh, embrace the adventure, but imagine with me, imagine with me if Paul had been solely focused on getting back down the road. To Agrippa, an official of the Roman Empire, Paul tells a familiar story. I was traveling to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. Along the road, he was traveling when his plans were disrupted. At midday along the road, I saw a light from heaven, Jesus appeared to me and said, I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you to serve and testify to the things which you have seen. For Paul, that's where it all started. He was on a trip commissioned by the chief priest when his plans fell apart. Does he dig in his heels to stick with his plan? Does he fix his tire and get back on the road? Does he kick the dirt and shake his fist in frustration? No. Instead, he listens and trusts God's plan for his life even as his plans fall apart. And this is the greatest adventure of all, embracing our call to live as Christ's disciples. Looking... Back on this summer, I realized that's what the sermon series has been all about. Your preachers, Cassie, Mary Kate, and I have been trying to get it across in our sermons. We've been challenging you to get a little beyond your typical plans and routines to see what God might do through you. Many of you have accepted our challenges. Uh, I know that after hearing a sermon based on uh, the account of Peter going to eat with Cornelius, who ate unkosher, unfamiliar food, Helen Hines and Manette Rutenberg went out to eat Korean barbecue. <laughs> I asked Helen about it. She, she didn't like what she ordered too much, but she, she liked her waitress. Likewise, Emily Adams, who goes to the 8.30 service, she, she went out and ate Cuban food. She learned her waiter's name, Jaden, and in and, and, and getting to know him, decided that he was absolutely fabulous and really fun to talk to. 
I want you to notice that uh, each went out to eat but told me more about the wait staff than the food. And this is what happened also to Paul and the disciples. On Pentecost, at the beginning of the book of Acts, the disciples were first given the gift of speaking in other, language, other languages so that they could speak with people they had never met before. Later, Peter went to the bedside of Tabitha, though she was dying. Peter ate with Cornelius, though he ate non-kosher food. Lydia invited the disciples to stay at her house, and they went. Paul proclaimed the gospel to an enslaved fortune teller, who, even, even though she was getting on his nerves. Then he preached in Athens among all the idols before being arrested in Jerusalem. Here, now, he tells his story to Agrippa, a person he never would have met had he stuck to his plan to get on to Damascus. Therefore, I call you today to think about how abandoning your plans might enable you to embrace your missionary journey of meeting the people who need to hear your story. How does that sound? I don't mean walking the streets and handing out leaflets. I tried that once and people saw me and ran the other way. <laughs> and that's not really our style anyway. Uh, my favorite Presbyterian joke for any who haven't heard it. What do you get when you mix a Jehovah's Witness and a Presbyterian? Somebody who knocks on your door but doesn't know what to say. <laughs> Telling our story to strangers isn't what we are used to doing. Yet, notice that Paul, notice how Paul treats this Roman official. Paul neither judges Agrippa nor preaches to him. All he does is shares his story, the miraculous story of how Jesus walked into his life and changed his life's course for the better. Now that's not what Christians are famous for doing out in the world. When Christians are on the news, we're not portrayed as, as being kind to the people God places in our path. However, we can change the world's perception of the church by doing exactly what Paul did. Certainly lives have been changed simply because members of this church were kind to the people God put in their path. It happened with Andy Nismo. Andy's husband has been transferred to Philadelphia, so she just left her position with our food distribution ministry. Under her leadership, we distributed more than 1.5 million meals out of our church parking lot. The good that God did through her is so obvious to me that she brought this church gifts when she came to us is abundantly clear. Thanks in large part to her, we were named the Marietta City Schools Partner of the Year. But did you know that Andy believes she is the one who received the gift when she walked through our doors. She moved to Marietta with her husband, not knowing a soul. He worked all the time. She was lonely and bored. Somehow she heard about food distribution here. She was curious, but it took her five weeks 
to work up the courage to walk through our doors. Five weeks. Why? Her mother and her sisters kept telling her not to go in there. Those church people won't like you, they said. <laughs> Finally, summoning the courage, she walked up, though it was raining. She ran into Nancy Bodiford, who asked her where her rain jacket was. Then Nancy took her under her wing and Andy met members of this church whom she described as wonderful, loving, and kind. Today, Andy thinks of Nancy Bodiford as one of her best friends and Andy told me week before last, I'm going to see my mother and sisters back in the Philippines and I'm not sure my family will even be able to recognize me, so changed am I by my involvement at this church. Yet five weeks it took her to get here. When she finally made it inside, what did she find? A profound miracle around every corner? If kindness is a miracle, then yes. If you are lonely, then community is a miracle. If you are bored, then purpose is a miracle. A means to make a difference is a miracle. If the world is cold, then love is a miracle. But what does it take for those who need what we have to offer to find what they are looking for? First, they must know that these church people are going to like them. That's why we must let go of our plans and our routines to get a little more out in the world. That's the missionary journey. So as your fearless leader, I've been leading the way. Listen to what I did yesterday. <laughs> yesterday I was a, a bartender from 4 to 7 p.m. at Two Birds Tap House. Uh, why? Because they taught me how to mix drinks in seminary? No. <laughs> because every beer sold yesterday went to our food distribution ministry. And secondly, because the people who need this aren't showing up here, they're showing up down there. That wasn't part of my plan to go be a bartender, but Paul didn't accomplish God's plan for his life by getting back down the road to Damascus. No, he accomplished God's plan when he allowed his plan to fall apart. That's what faith is. Trusting that the next time your plan falls apart, God's plan for your life may be just beginning. So next time your plan falls apart, remember that Paul never made it to Damascus, no. Instead, he made it to heaven. Let go of your plan to get from point A to point B to walk into somebody's life by letting them know how Christ walked into yours. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.